This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Good day and welcome. And this is my last segment on the file system. And there's a new thing out there, and I'm really not so new, but uh, it's called uh, BTRFS. And it's been a a pretty big thing. Um, You know, it was supposed to be a really big deal. Uh, And the commercial Linux uh, distributors were supposed to have it as the default system. Unfortunately, somehow XFS has uh, uh, come back and sort of pushed BTRFS out of the commercial realm and back into the hobby realm. Um, so it's a uh, it's a new copy on write or CWO file system for Linux aimed at implementing advanced features while focusing on fault tolerance. Um, repair and easy administration. It's been jointly developed by a number of companies, SUSE, HP, Red Hat, um, uh, lots of different companies. Uh, BTFRS is licensed under GPL and open for comp- uh, contribution from anyone. Not too, uh, company, not too many companies have said that they are using BTRFS in production, but we welcome those who can say they are production users on a following page. Okay, and so when I went to the wiki, uh, it says uh, B-Tree File System, variously pronounced. It has lots of names, so it's called ButterFS, and that's what I heard on the Linux Action Show when they talked about it, uh, or BetterFS, or B-TreeFS, or simply B-TreeRefS, and Again, it's a GPL license experimental copy on write file system for Linux. Okay, and of all places, guys, for all these Oracle haters out there, it started with Oracle in 2007. So, uh, and it's still heavily developed and marked as unstable, especially when the file system becomes full. No space conditions arise, which make it challenging to delete files. Uh, BTFRS is intended to address the lack of pooling, snapshots, checksums, and integral multi-device spanning list of systems. So, question, why would you use BTRFS if the free ZFS is available now? That's just, I don't know. Um, and uh, it allows you to scale upward to larger file systems uh, in the enterprise. Uh, Chris uh, Mason is the principal BTRFS author, and uh, he's done a lot of work in it. Uh, I really wish that I could talk to him 
about why it's great and the differences between it and ZFS uh, and XFS. But uh, I don't know if I'll ever find him. I'll have to Google him and see if he'll do an interview with me. Uh, as a stated goal to let Linux scale... Um, uh, stated, he said that it was a stated goal... Uh, stated the stated goal was to let Linux scale for the storage that will be f available. So that's what the stated goal was to let Linux scale for the storage that will be available. Scaling is not just about addressing the storage, but also means being able to administer and manage it with a clean interface that lets people see what's being used and makes it more reliable. In 2008, the principal developer of XT3 and XT4 file systems, uh, his name is Theodore Tiso, stated that although XT4 has improved features, it's not a major advance. It uses old technology and is stopgap. Tiso believes that BTRFS is the better direction because it offers improvements in scalability, reliability, and ease of management. BTRFS also has a number of uh, design ideas that were used in Riser 3 and Riser 4. Okay. Um, I've used BTRFS in Fedora one time, and it was okay. Um, in the enterprise commercial space, I'm not sure why I would use it if I could use XFS or if I could use... Uh, um, the ZFS for a Linux option. All right. Hey, so this uh, concludes uh, my series. Uh, I hope uh, that y'all enjoyed it. Uh, I really like to have these short features. Uh, you know, I listen to a variety of podcasts, uh, and uh, not very many of them, you know, go out and look at something and make it short and try to be concise with it. Um, and... Uh, for instance, uh, if you listen to the Linux Outlaws, you have to go into it for almost an hour before you figure out what's going on in the podcast if you want to listen to it. Same thing with uh, um, if you you know listen to Dan Washko and and all those uh, at the uh, 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 that do that do the the weekly uh, the weekly podcast that's been on for five years. It's it's not really a concise thing, so they they don't say what they're going to talk about at the beginning of it. Uh, so it's more of a like a meeting between friends, and it, they talk about beer or you know whatever. And I'm sure that sometimes this is interesting, but if you're really wanting to look at something, I'm not sure really that there's that many formats. I mean, sometimes if you listen to um, the guy at Stonehenge.com uh, that that does uh, uh, floss weekly. Uh, you know, you know within a minute or two if it's interesting for you. So I'm more in that camp to try to tell you up front what I'm going to do, and then if you're not interested, you you know the great thing about podcasts is you just click the next button. <laughs> All right. Hey, if you have any questions or anything, uh, uh, you can reach me at jwp5 at hotmail .com. Uh, I really appreciate your time, and uh, any feedback you might have would be more than welcome. All right. Hey, thank you very much. Bye now.
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.